Welcome to the Umpiring Fast Pitch Softball Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Pete. And today we're going to be working through the base mechanics out of the USA Softball Umpires Manual. This is Chapter 5, and we're covering Section A, General Responsibilities. So we'll start with base umpire starting positions terminology. Yeah, so as they have it in the book. Yeah, and it does say the little thing above A it says base mechanics begin with the fundamentals of positioning, followed by timing, judgments, signals, and verbal calls. So positioning, where do we start? Yeah, so so that depends. Um, USA Softball uses language to describe where the starting positions are on the field. For example, first baseline, rotated to second base, counter rotated between first and second, third baseline. These positions are not X's on the field. They are areas. Yeah, for sure. So these are the terminology. So we've, when we're talking, we, if we are talking about these things in conversation, we're not going to say those words, probably. Like, we might use other phrases that come from other um, sanctions or whatever. So we might say A, B, yeah. C. A, B, C. C prime. Um, C prime is what I call it, depending <laughs> on which, which side of the shortstop you're standing on. But that's what this, so let's see. First baseline would be what I call A in regular conversations. Yep. Rotated to second base. That's B, I suppose. But then what's counter-rotated between first and second? Is that on the other side of the second so baseman? Second, that those two refer to the three umpire system. Oh. Where the U3 is going to be up at second base. And Oh, so uh, counter-rotated is actually in the two umpire system. Rotated is what the third base umpire does to go stand at second base. Opposite. It's code counter-rotated. Not according to this well, chart. Okay, well, I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't use counter-rotated in the two umpire system. We just, we, you're, if there's a runner at first, you're in between first and second. If there's a runner at second, you're in the C, you're over yeah. at third base. So we don't do counter-rotated for that. We When we talk about you three-person mechanics, we talk about rotated and counter-rotated because there actually is a rotation that happens during a play when you're in the three-umpire system. And so counter, you rotate clockwise. Um, so, you know, if you think about uh, when there's runners at odd bases or, or nobody on, the plate umpire is going to have third base. And uh, when the plate umpire leaves the plate and goes to third base, you one will rotate to home plate. And so... If you, if you think about them, and I've got a dial in front of me right now where mm-hmm. I've got the, the starting positions of people, I can counter-rotate. I can go counterclockwise and move U1 onto the field. Um, and then that would allow for then a rotation uh, to go to the right. So we don't use rotated and counter-rotated in, in two-person mechanics uh, in any discussions that I've ever had. So, But you're right. In the manual, it does say that. So my suggestion to any new umpire would be, don't worry about that for now. You're yeah. going to learn about the rotation when you start the U3 stuff. Yeah. And so the important part here is, as it even mentions, the important part here is these are not X's, they're areas. So we'll kind of try to discuss them as such. Yep. Sure uh, so if a, there's nobody on base in a two umpire system, you are on the first baseline. And it does, does it say? Yeah, we keep going. Yep. Because I was wondering, you know, does it mention further on then how deep are you supposed to be? What are you supposed to be? Yep. Sure okay. does. Okay. Okay, cool. So yeah, first baseline. If there's a runner on first in a two umpire system, you're going to be between first and second. A runner on second, you're going to be between, in, in fast pitch. Um, you're going to be between second and third. And if there's a runner on third base only, you're going to be in fast pitch between second and third, but just closer to third. Yep. And we'll talk a little bit more in detail about the areas and the and why it's an area. 
when we get to, to the next section here, starting positions. So in starting positions in fast pitch with no runners on base, the base umpire, remember we're doing base, base umpire mechanics here, start on the foul line 18 to 21 feet behind the base and walk the line. Now, walk the line by taking one or two steps toward home plate, pushing off with your foot furthest from the foul line to move into fair territory when the ball is batted. Umpire should stay in foul territory. Whoops. And upright. Yeah. <laughs> I had to switch the page and, you know, I thought I anticipated. Stay upright through the entire process to allow for quicker movement, smooth transition, and maximize their field of view. So, Pete, tell, talk to me a little bit about how you walk the line in this starting position when we have nobody on base. Yeah. So, how I did it when I started, and I, I can't remember if this is how I was instructed, was uh, I strolled. I took several steps almost like a bowling approach where you take three or five steps, depending on what you're doing there. You know, so I take a couple steps and Linda mentioned in a previous one, who's a, an ump signer in the area and is a rules interpreter for the area. It was like, why are you doing all that strolling? It's 90 degrees outside. Stop that. Let's get a conservation of steps. Uh, so the way I do it now actually is I take two steps. Um, when the, depending on the speed of the pitcher, I will take a step with my right foot first being as far back as we've discussed. Uh, and then, land with my left foot intentionally about the time the ball arrives at the plate so that I can then push off of that left foot and spring into fair territory into the field so that I can either begin my button hook in USA Mechanics or I can put myself 90 degrees from a throw from the infield. Yeah, I do the exact same thing. Um, the 18 to 21 feet comment I would make there is that I'm older than I was yesterday and continue to get older, thank goodness. And I'm also not in quite as good a shape as I was yesterday, but trying to get back to that. Uh, but anyway, I, I try to make sure that I'm the 18 side of the 21, 18 to 21, because mm -hmm. in USA softball, as you mentioned, we're going to be button hooking and um, these young ladies are fast. And so yep. I don't need the extra three feet to, to get inside. Uh, so I make sure that I'm on the 18 side of that 18 to 21 feet. For sure. I do the exact same thing, though, with my uh, landing on my left foot uh, at the time that the ball crosses the plate or as close to that as possible so that I can spring into action and, and yep. get in there. And if you watch me, actually, even on a ball that's not hit, you'll see me. I'll take a right foot, left foot, spring in, and the ball's not hit. I'll just then, like, I'll kind of be making a triangle. So I'll be in fair, fair territory as the ball's caught because I don't know if it's going to get caught or if it's going to be hit. Okay. And then I'll just kind of do, do back step to where I started. And then yep. walk forward, triangle, back. You know, yep, over gotcha. and over. Yeah, I think I'm probably a little bit later than you because if the ball is not contacted at all, I'm still in foul territory. I haven't I haven't fallen down into fair territory with my right yeah. foot yet or, or anything because my left foot, when the ball is contacted, it's actually a little bit of a pivot on my left foot to take a step at a sharp forward step with my right foot. But anyway, yeah, without being able to see it, the idea here is that you're going to walk, not going to walk very far land on your outside foot so that you can push off and get in there. So when you're starting off the line or starting on the line with runners on base, the base umpire will take the ready position or stance prior to the pitch being delivered to the batter. And there's some ways that it specifies to do this. Mm -hmm. So it says standing upright in a comfortable position, placing your feet at least shoulder width apart or wider to create a firm foundation. So this is kind of the beginnings of an athletic stance. If you are thinking about, how you might guard someone in basketball or be ready for a pitch or for a, a ball in tennis or something uh, or, or begin your golf swing. Anything like that is considered an athletic stance. And believe it or not, 
and we're out here umpiring. We're borderline athletes, so uh, we need to think that way. Yep. So then it says to go to the ready position at the start of the pitch by leaning forward and placing your hands comfortably in front of your body in a position that allows you to move as the play dictates. This position transfers your body weight from your heels to the balls of your feet for better balance, providing an athletic response much the same as a defensive player. Now, hands in front of your body. Mm-hmm. Are they on your knees? Thighs? Are you leaning? You yeah. locked out? So, What's yeah, that? so uh, it actually says that too about being locked. But yeah, no. The answer is no, you should not be locked out. You don't want to. So you think about you know a, a modified Jerry Davis stance or something behind the plate where your arms might be there and you may be kind of locked, you know, resting on your knees or one of those things. This is not that. So if you were to think about more again, like like you're holding a tennis racket in front of you or something where you're crouched at your a slight crouch, but you're in an athletic because you're starting to roll forward, as they said, weight transfer to the balls of your feet and your hands should be kind of in front of you, ready to run, which is, you know, done by flailing your arms in front of your torso. That should be all there, but not like, don't lean on yourself. Don't be firmly planted. You're not rooted into place. Uh, you need to be ready to run or do whatever. Get out of the way if the ball smoked at you, whatever it is, be ready to move. Yep. Very good. C says, rise from the ready position at the end of the pitch and be prepared to move as the situation dictates. Yep. And then note, remember the ready position is an athletic position. You should not be locked into place. There you go. So there's a whole other paragraph here about some kind of the positioning of uh, the base umpire on the field when they are counter-rotated, you know, from that the first part of that thing. But so let's, uh, I'm going to kind of put the book aside for a moment and talk a little bit about where we position ourselves as a base umpire when there are runners on base. And so we'll start with the runner on first base, and we're going to talk about the two-umpire system here. We're not going to worry about three-umpire system today. So just the two-umpire system. We have a runner on first base, and we are going to be on the field near the second base person where they're, where they're playing. Yep. And our responsibilities, which we'll get to in just a minute, um, but I, you have to keep these in mind when you set your starting position. Our responsibilities are uh, on a steal. We've got to call the call the play at second mm-hmm. on a, a, a ground ball to the infield. We've got to call at second and possibly a double play second and first, you know, so you want to think about your position on the field here for being close enough to second base that you can get there if she steals, but not so far from first base that you're out of position if they try to pick her off. Right. And the other thing that you want to think about is your depth from mm-hmm. the, from the catcher. So Also, what are those calls supposed to be? So a force play call is done from how far? That's the 18 to 21 feet, right? So we want to stay 18 to 21 feet away from that base uh, to make that that force call so that we can see all the elements, right? We want to be able to see the ball catch, the ball caught, the the defense's foot, the runner, the offense's foot. So we want to make sure that we see all that. And so we do that from 18 to 21 feet. So you want to think about that when you when you set up that position. You likely have force calls here. Mm-hmm. So you probably want to be 18 to 21 feet outside of the baseline. Now, what if the second baseman is playing 25 feet back? So she's going to kind of force you back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Don't let her put you in right field, though. So try to kind of adjust yourself so that she has a clear path to first base. And uh, don't go any further than that. If she decides to go further, then step up to 18 to 21 feet and she'll have to deal with you. <laughs> so yeah. um, just depending on how, how, they, how they do. So what, how do you feel about that, Pete? Yeah, that's, that's awkward. And I've had, heck, this last weekend I had the same problem. This second baseman is playing almost in right field. And this is a 
a real size field. So it wasn't a small infield that, you know, that's a normal depth. No, she was playing deep. And so I had to, so what I did to fix that problem, uh, and there were, they did not have a strong tendency to pick off. So that, that became a lower priority in my brain. So I moved to the right side of the second baseman, whereas normally I'd be to the left side. So that way I could be in and not in her, that throwing, that particular throwing lane. Great. Um, and then I moved to, if the ball was hit to her and she was going to go to second base, I just got myself out of the way. So it, the tournament I was in last weekend was a U-trip tournament. So we're staying out. So I would just like run, I'd backpedal and got backwards. Yeah. Um, and to get out of her throwing lane. But I was not really in it anyway. Uh, but it was just close. Because the depth of the ball, the angle, you know, I would just move back. But it was, I did position myself to the right and I was in. So instead of her not being able to see me, she could see me in her field of vision because right. how deep she was. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and in USA ball, if she's that deep, if she's actually playing second base in right field, kind of like the ball is out, mm-hmm. even though it's in an infielder's hands, it's out. So we would be butt-knuckin' in if you have time. Uh, but certainly do everything you can to avoid getting hit in the side of the head with the ball. Right. Yeah. You don't want that. It's a bad thing. That's actually been told to me as uh, there's a name for it, getting hit in the side of the head with the ball. Bad umpiring. That's <laughs> what that's called. So you shouldn't put yourself in a position that way. Okay, so now we've got a runner at second, let's say, or runners at first and second. Mm-hmm. And uh, those can actually be different. But, but So we'll talk about maybe a couple of reasons why. So now we're going to be in what we call the C, uh, which is over near the shortstop and um, shading over the left shoulder if the runner's at second, shading over the right shoulder if the runner's at third. Mm-hmm. So uh, we said runner at second, so we're going to shade over the left shoulder. That one's fairly simple but you have the same type of responsibility you've got a pickoff play at second less likely it's further for the catcher to throw it but hey some of these girls can absolutely throw and it on sometimes they come on uh, plays back to the pitcher so the catcher will return it to the pitcher in a hurry and the pitcher might spin and throw so we get yeah. kind of a relay pickoff which that'll happen so those are the ones you really get because you you might go to sleep because you see yeah. the ball go back to the pitcher you follow the ball follow the runner all the way back to the bag yep yep well i think we'll see that here in just a moment too but um, so, and then you also have the steal at third. So mm-hmm. you got to be able to, to get your rump over there as well. So something very similar. So just be careful. Same thing now, though, about the 18 to 21 feet. And now you're dealing with the shortstop. Now, shortstops will traditionally play further back uh, from the infield than the second baseman did. So just another thing to think about. A lot of times you'll be moving left and uh, back a little left and back a little left and back a little as she, as she backs you up. Keep in mind, though watch her she also might take two steps in and a jump right yeah you know? i've done that plenty so, of times whereas yeah. as she starts we're like side by side but i know as the pitch is being delivered she's crept in and now i'm behind her a significant amount so that's yeah. where i should be yep exactly um so now the other one uh runner at third you're going to just shade over the right shoulder of the shortstop and you have similar things now runner at third nobody behind no force play no anything you kind of want to get in a bit if you can let that shortstop help you there but now the interesting one and one that i got to talk about this weekend was runners at second and third and um so now you're still in the what do you what do you call it c, c prime. prime so we're, we're in the c and over and shading over the right shoulder <clears throat> excuse me of the shortstop and some of the feedback that i got was that i might be a little bit too close to third base so the and remember we were doing ncaa mechanics last weekend and so it's no closer than 15 feet to the foul line uh, in between second, third, and no closer than 15 feet to the foul line, which, and I wasn't even near that. I was probably more 20 feet, probably 25 feet. And the reason that I positioned myself that far, because now I got a runner at second and I got a runner at third. 
Either one of those two can be picked off. We're doing 18U here. We're doing college ball. We're doing, you know, whatever, right? Either one of those two can be picked off. The reason I was shaded so far toward third was that the runner was taking two steps off a second and the second base person wasn't even covering the bag. Yeah. So I read what the situation was and said, okay, this area that I'm supposed to be in. So we talked about that at the beginning of of the episode. This area is a big area. In the middle, no closer than 15 feet. That gives me 45 feet, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's a 45-foot area there that you can position yourself in. And if you if you read the teams, read the play, and make sure you can actually put yourself in a really good position. Something I picked up from an umpire that I don't believe umpires anymore, but it was a fantastic guy. I watched him do one of our high school games, and he was actually probably 12 feet from third base while we were playing Hilliard-Bradley. Because Bradley's catcher was famous for picking people off at third base. And she had already thrown the ball over there once. And he said, well, you're not going to catch me out of position. I'm going to be right here seeing it. You know, So mm-hmm. he was really close to third base, which I thought was odd positioning. But he had read the situation. He, he understood the teams. And he said, in order for me to best manage this game and make the best calls that I could, here's where I need to be standing. So just think about those as you're positioning yourself on the field as a base umpire. What's going on in the game? Where do I need to be? Stay out of the way of the second baseman as much as you can. Stay out of the way of the shortstop as much as you can. But you be where you need to be so that you can make the right call. Yep. So after positioning, the next section here talks about general technique on the bases. It says, and this right into to what you were saying, umpires must be students of the game in preparation for handling decisions on the bases. The game situation will include the presence of runners on bases, the number of outs, and the count on the batter. These factors will dictate the base umpire's primary responsibility as a play develops. Your complete concentration, full energies, and undivided attention is required from the first pitch to the last out. Work for the best angle on all plays and do not not let the players or coach make the call for you. On a close play, sell the call, but on an obvious play, use only a routine signal. Whenever possible, stop to allow yourself time to see the entire play before making your decision. See the play to its completion and make the call. Give a strong verbal call and visual signal simultaneously. This will help your timing and reduce the possibility of an out safe call. On a ball that is hit to the outfield that could possibly be trapped, go out on it even with runners on base. Remember to communicate with your partners on home runs hit out of the park. Know where and when the ball left the playing field. Wow, that's a lot of stuff in general techniques for the bases. Yeah. I think the, uh, the one of the most important things, they start in the first paragraph. It says, your complete concentration, full energies, and undivided attention is required from the first pitch to the last out. I can't tell you how difficult it is for my baby brain to stay locked into this game. I see, the, I hear the, the fire truck, you know, come out of the, the firehouse, you know, across the street. And I go on a turn and look and see, oh, is it the cool ladder truck? <laughs> you know, so... It's really difficult, and so the, how I've been able to get my keep myself focused is remember that that pre-pitch planning is the like one of the most important things that you can do. And so since there's going to be a pitch every time, you need to pre-pitch plan every time, and that helps to keep me keep me focused there. So I think that's super important. And next we hear best angle, and and so one of the things that you'll hear umpires say all the time: angle over distance. So and they put that right in the second paragraph, Pete. Yep. So we want to make sure that we get a really great angle to be able to see those calls. I mentioned it a moment ago, 18 to 21 feet to get that force play, 10 to 12, I think, in the USA manual for tag plays. Is that right? Yep. And then so the other thing here is, uh, as it points out, you know, obviously don't let the players or coach make the call, but on a close play, sell it, and on an obvious play, use only a routine signal. 
I, I, this is across a lot of different officiating. Uh, when I've done volleyball officiate like line officiating, they tell you like if the ball's out, you just make your out. But if it's like close out, aggressively throw that you know the flag the way it needs to go or in. You know, aggressively throw it. Be emphatic. Stand there with a strong like Supermany kind of like whatever like imposing stance. I this is my call. I'm making it. And that way, and it helps too. It shows that you know what it was you're calling. You're not wishy-washy. You're not sitting there going, eh, safe? And kind of maybe your hands are safely close to your body because you're not entirely sure. You're, you're afraid to let them fly. Like, no, safe. Just get it, right? And <laughs> yeah, then uh, Get it. There you go. There you go. Yep, I love it. And on those, don't be afraid to, on those, the cell calls, I mean, get them. You know, yeah. I saw an umpire last weekend who I, they got to be part of a double play, which are awesome, right? I mm-hmm. mean, double plays are few and far between. And so actually had fantastic movement, you know, and this is one of those where you got a runner at first and the ball's hit to either the shortstop or the second baseman. And so you, you see that they're going to take the, the play at second. So you let the ball take you to second and you get over there as close as you can. You're, this is one of the ones you're allowed to make on the move. So you mm-hmm. make this call on the move, right? So you see her get out at second. And then you're moving as fast as you can to try to beat the ball back to back toward first, right? And then so then you stop and you see the play and they made the double play. That girl, those that team that just made that double play, they deserve your best sellout at first, yeah. right? It's like, no, I got, I mean, holy cow, just a really good sellout on that one. And uh, this this guy just did, yep, got her out. You know, it's like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, ring her up, man, really get her. So. Uh, but uh, it does say, and we talked about this earlier too in one of our earlier episodes, stop, allow yourself to see the, the entire play before making your decision. So stop, see the play, make the call. The, here it, it adds the word entire, see the entire play, make mm-hmm. the call. The, I was a base, I'm sorry, I was a plate umpire uh, very recently, did not see the play all the way through. I had a small little itty bitty pop up to the shortstop. So I'm, I'm making that call, you know, on a fly ball to the shortstop. Very routine catch. She catches it in her excitement to run to the pitcher and hand her the ball. She trips and falls down. And here comes the glove. It's all outstretched and she's falling down. It's like the leaning tower of Pisa's finally, you know, lost its last mm-hmm. brick. And uh, she's coming down. And I'm like, do not drop that ball. Because <laughs> as soon as she caught this routine fly ball, I'm like, out you know and then yeah. and then she's starting to trip and i'm like oh no because <laughs> because that's a not a out if she drops that ball uh, you know when she hits the ground and it comes flying out of her glove like that's not a catch you know so that release has to be voluntary right so see the play the girl's still out in four seconds she's still out in six seconds you know it's right. okay <laughs> especially if it's routine oh, yeah, because as it says you're with a routine you're just take hey, out yep you know her. so it's in this case Okay, she caught the ball. One, two. Yeah. Out. Got her. Yeah, no, yeah, no, exactly. worries. no worries. No worries. Yeah. See so. it through. I had one where I was going through and I was on the bases and it was a play to second. It was on a steal. The runner goes in and the batter or the fielder, the second baseman or whoever was covering in this case, has the ball and it's like the ball is snow coned in her glove and it's resting against the body. And I'm refraining from making a call, right? Because yeah, I'm job. sitting there and I'm yeah. like, I don't know. She's out. I mean, she's out by time. Right by you know, so assuming the ball is controlled, I'm gonna call out. But I'm waiting and I'm waiting, and she doesn't move the ball, and I'm like, show me the ball. She like lifts her glove, and the ball stays in. Snow coned in her glove, just stays in. I'm like, okay, cool. Boom, punch her out. And then the third base coach, the offensive coach, wants to talk to me. Why did you wait so long? Or were you sitting there like weighing 
who's going to be madder at you? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, I was like, no. So I explained. The ball was trapped, like, kind of at the edge of the glove. And I was not entirely sure. Was the ball trapped, I mean, or was it snow coned in the glove? And I was just waiting to see, was the ball going to fall to the ground? And so I asked her to voluntarily, you know, move her glove and show, demonstrate control. Uh, she did. And then so, boom, she's out. Boom, got her, so yeah. he, He's fine. He did not argue further. He was yeah. fine to have it. But it was like, that's exactly why I did that. If I had just caught it immediately by time, you know, because the ball beater, the tag was applied, boom, she's out. And then the ball's rolling in the center field or something. <laughs> yeah. like, oh. I mean, I can still call that safe. I can back it up. I just look like a moron. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, not quite a moron, but yeah. yeah. Well, in my mind, I'll be kicking myself for the next week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So now this last, the last paragraph here that said, hey, if it could be trapped, if a fly ball could be trapped, um, go out on it. And I'm, I'm going to say, while the manual says that in the two umpire system, if there's anybody on base, I'm going to ask at the pregame, we're going to cover this at the pregame, and I'm going to ask my if, if I'm the plate, I'm going to ask my base umpire to not go out. Yeah. First of all, decide that a ball might be trapped. Right. How are you going to... If you're in in <laughs> so. USA softball, if you're out, balls hit out, you're going in. So as soon as the ball is in the air, deeper than the dirt, you're running in. Unless it might be trapped. Yeah. Well, and how, then... <laughs> yeah, how do you know? <laughs> right. So, I mean, unless know. it's like a, a real, like, tiny, tiny blooper... That yep. might be, oh, that, there might be trouble. And I look, in that case, I probably assume the ball's down. But in that case, where the other cases where that might be trouble is what, a gapper? Like, a, you know, it hits a line and the left fielder comes flying in and dives. And make, I don't know what she's going to do. I'm already in. That's right. Yeah, tough luck. Yep. So there's six reasons in NCAA mechanics to, to go out in, in the two-umpire system. Well, we won't get into those right now, but that's one of them. You know, it's a possible dive, a trap, yeah. uh, this kind of thing. So. I would just say that in, in USA softball, two umpire system, it is rare that the base umpire is going to go out. And if I were pre-gaming it with you right now, Pete, and I was going to do the plate and you were going to be on the bases, I would say, you know what, if there's nobody on and you're in the A and you're walking the line and it goes straight over your head and it looks like it's going to be pretty deep, go get it. Yeah. You know, I'm fine. If it's a fair ball and she ends up at second base, that's no problem. I'm going to be there to you know make that call. So go get that one. But otherwise, no, nah, I'm good. Now, that's also only if there are really good foul lines, right? So right. if there's not a good foul line in the outfield, I don't want you to go get it because I've got a better view of that straight up the first baseline than you're going to have with no fair foul line. You don't, you won't have, you've lost your point of reference. You don't have the plate, the base, and the foul pole. You only have the foul pole. Yeah. Because you've turned Maybe. your back. Because right. there's a lot of fields where there is no fence. Might not even have a foul pole. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. we're playing like 300 fence and like there's no. Yeah. You get nothing really for good reference. So if you're hearing anything in that, there's a whole bunch of reasons to not go out yeah. in the two umpire system. And certainly we had a lot of we had an episode on pregame stuff. Definitely pregame it. If it's something yeah. you feel strongly about, I guess make yourself heard. But yeah, I, I I see that too. I don't see a lot of people going out in two two man at least around right. here. It's been discouraged. For sure. Okay. Uh, item number four, points governing decisions on the bases. Base umpire decisions are governed by the game situation and the actions of offensive and defensive participants. The four elements of the play consist of the ball, the base, the offense, and the defense. Four elements. You want to think about that quite a bit. You know, for our new umpires out there, you're going to hear that a lot. Did you have all four elements, right? The ball, the base, the offense, and the defense. The base umpire must hustle to get into the correct position to see these elements come together before making the call. Now, this is, this is fun. When I first read this one, I went, okay, really? Do we have to say this? <laughs> so... 
Umpire should say safe while giving the safe signal when a runner beats the ball to a base on a force out attempt and likewise say out while giving an out signal when the ball beats the runner to the base. The same would apply on a tag play when a runner avoids the tag by the defense an umpire should say safe while giving the safe signal and likewise say out while giving an out signal when the runner is tagged by the defense. Really? <laughs> is, that how, is that how it goes? The, the only goes one me? there I think that that maybe people might not do intuitively is giving the safe on a swipe. Let's say there's a swipe and the runner avoids it. person might not call safe because they're like, it's not like one of those things where let's say a tag comes into the base and she achieves the base and then is tagged. I called safe because one happened before the other. In this one, someone might think nothing happened, so I don't call anything. But in reality, something did happen. A swipe was attempted. And yep. it did not succeed. Therefore, we give that safe indicator. All right, I'll give you that one. I mean, that's the, that's the only thing. There's that's a whole paragraph to indicate maybe one call out. Like, hey, by the way, make sure you call on a play that yep. people may not be. It may not be obvious to some people watching what occurred. Yeah. You know. It does finish the paragraph by saying a good verbal call and strong signal should be given simultaneously. So do them at the same time. Safe is safe, and I do that with my hands and my voice. Out is out. I do that with my my hand and my voice so those happen at the same time the volume of your voice should reflect the closeness of the play yep which uh i'm a big fan of yeah. um, routine play ball hit back to the pitcher throw to first the girls a third of the way down the line out probably the first baseman heard me say out everybody yeah. saw it but the first baseman heard me yeah um, but a bang bang on a bunt catcher comes up throws the ball speedy little girls going down there it's out i'm like even if it's not a sellout i'm still gonna go out that's like, and right. give a good, like, hey, we're just, we know, yep. we know. Sorry about your speakers Yeah, on that one. But, uh, yeah, Grandma in left field knows that that girl was out. If you think you were blocked out of seeing the entire play and are asked to go for help, then go to your partner for information to get the call correct. Always make the call, then go for help if needed. Yep, and they're going to talk about how here in the next section. But, yeah, I think the important thing to know about this before we go to the next section here is... You don't have to be asked to go for help, right? right? This is not an appeal, right? You're saying, I don't know that I had all four elements. I need to make a call, but I'm going to go maybe get some more information. Yeah. So great uh, example of this. We're in C prime. So right shoulder of the shortstop runner third. And there's a, a banger at first, you know, coming from the third baseman. It looks like the first baseman has to stretch pretty hard to come over and get it. Mm -hmm. And the ball beat the runner. And so we have an out, right? And I'm in C. It's a, you know, I, I got to call it. You got to make the call out. Man, I don't know if she was on the bag or not. Yeah. Right? Play's over with now. She's stopped. The runner at third has stopped. The ball's back in the circle. Time. I'm going to go see my partner and ask for some more information. And so uh, I'll hold my comments since the next section is going for help. Yep. But but that's a good opportunity to say, Okay, coach. I don't need you to. I don't need you to tell me. I mean, I could see the first base coach going nuts that he's got a pulled foot over there. You know, I don't yeah. need him to stop the game. Come see me. Right. Hey, well, do you mind? Go to no. I'm going to go see right now. Yep. And so what that says is going for help. Always make the call based on the information you have. That's what I said. You may not have all four elements either through uh, game situation or quote unquote bad umpire. And maybe you put yourself in a bad position. You didn't see it. Regardless, make the call based on the information you have, and then go for help if needed due to a missing element of the play. Should you feel you are blocked out of seeing the entire play, you can go to your partner without being asked, or if you are asked to go for help and you feel you may not have clearly seen one of the four elements of the play, then go to your partners for information to get the call correct. 
When seeking help on a play, you should go for help as soon as possible and most definitely not after a long conversation with the coach or team representative. When you're 100% confident in your judgment and that all four elements of the play were clearly seen, you should not seek help from your partner. Yep. So this one's a game management thing as well. I'll give you an example of, of not going for help. And USA softball, nobody on base. I'm in the A. Girl hits an absolute rope to right center field. The fielders were playing in. The coach is calling her over to third base. And so I've got my fat self running as fast as I can. Uh, Cut across the diamond because, you know, I read the coach. The coach is saying, come on, come on, come on. There's not going to be a play at two. There's going to be a play at three. I've got my left foot in the paint. I am about eight feet from the base. Well, eight feet closer to home plate than third base. 90 degrees from the leading edge of the base to see the ball come. The runner's foot come. I've got the offense um, sliding into the base after the defense has received the ball and tagged the runner on the foot. I've got an out, a very strong out, and the third base coach has a very upset with himself for bringing her over there safe. And so he wants to talk about that and wants me to go for help. And I'm like, first of all, I've got all four elements of the play right here. I'm eight feet from it. My partner is 60 feet from it and has to look through my big through butt. Yep. So, uh, no, she's out, coach. Yeah. And we're done. Yeah. But the other one that I described a moment ago, we're in the sea. I got a banger at first base, ball beater there. I call her out, but boy, she had to stretch for it. I'm guessing she's off the bag. The first base coach is losing his mind that she's off the bag. We're going to go for help. Yeah. What's funny is it's actually the same thing that would cause you to go for help there. It's the same reason why the third base coach is probably wrong because you're looking directly at the first baseman, right? And the way she's stretching probably towards you where the throw is coming from. You can't see the foot because it's vertical to you. Like it's, you can't see depth of, of foot to bag. Right. The same reason that person at third, he's looking directly up the line at the runner coming and you're at the 90 degree angle from the play and you have the right angle. You can see left, right, close the distance. Yeah. He can't see the distance like that. You know, so. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, he's relying on depth perception. Yeah. And I'm actually seeing it. With yeah. My, you're actually seeing yeah. depth yeah. represented. Yep. All right. So next is watching the ball, Pete. And this is the last section for. For today. Uh, for today. So yep. watching the ball aids a base umpire in reading where the play is likely to develop. The umpire must watch the ball as it is fielded on the infield while moving to the proper position for their primary call. Let the ball turn your head into the play as the four elements of the play come together. Stop, read the play, and make the call. Yep. Next paragraph says on batted balls to the outfield, the base umpire should pick up the ball and glance at the runner as you hustle inside the diamond to button hook at a minimum depth of 10 to 12 feet. Here's that 10 to 12 feet because now we're talking about a tag. Yes. Right? So we've got a ball that's out. Continue to alternate between the ball and the runner, keeping the four elements in front of you. Be prepared to move parallel to the baseline, staying ahead of the runner as you are responsible for any play at first, second, or third base. Let the ball turn your head into the play as the four elements of the play come together. Move to obtain, get, and maintain an unobstructed view. Stop, read the play, and make the call. Wow, there's a lot of words. In bold, it says, know where the ball is at all times. No live ball play can be made on a batter, batter, runner, or runner without the ball. That's a good call. That's I mean, a really good If you're call. going to pay attention to one thing, knowing where the ball is is important. You cannot solely focus on the ball because you will miss things like obstruction. However, if you're going to be making a safer and out call, 
the ball's going to be involved. The ball, yeah, ball will be there. It's yeah. going to be part of it, I think. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So one of the things I think I would maybe challenge a wee bit here is that in this part of the, the mechanics manual, it says you are responsible for any play at first, second, and third base. It's not necessarily true uh, as a base umpire, depending on you know how many runners we had when we started. Mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, since the ball is in the outfield, you are only responsible for the batter runner at third base. So, uh, or, I'm sorry, that's not true. The last runner to third, Yeah. which if the batter runner was safe, was typically going to be the batter runner. But uh, the last the last runner to third, uh, the other than last runners to third are all the plate's responsibility in USA Softball Mechanics 2 umpire system. Yeah. Yeah. So, but other than that, I mean, it's an absolute great advice to to keep alternating between the ball and the runner to keep the elements in front of you and then there was also a piece here about moving parallel with the runner and Mm -hmm. so it's important also to remember that depth of 10 to 12 feet because what we're looking to be is 10 to 12 feet from the base in anticipation of a tag play at second Mm -hmm. and so if that runner's going to second and you're staying parallel with her and a little bit in front of her you can get there ahead of time Get yeah, to so that ninety degrees. You think about that. If you're so, a, the bases on a baseball and a softball field are shaped like a diamond, right, or a square, right, square, rotated. Yep, yep. When you go ten feet or twelve feet in, and you run the same parallel path, you are running a smaller diamond, a smaller square, smaller whatever. Yep. So, whereas she has to run sixty feet, you being ten feet in, I could do the trigonometry on this to make the triangles, <laughs> but like you're running a smaller path. You yep. run forty feet while she runs sixty feet. And you should be able to do that a little faster than her, right? Yep. Or maybe a little depth or whatever you have to do to get there. But like cut the angle, something. That's that's why you should be able to do it. It's I'm not going to beat any of these girls in a foot race home to first. Now, I might be able to beat them. Unless you start yeah. 20 feet up the line. Right. Yeah. Unless I start 20 <laughs> feet up the line or, you know, first to second, I'm not going to beat them unless I'm running a smaller triangle than they are. Yep. So that's, um, right. that's what you got to do. And that's that's the point of describing it that way. You're running parallel. You're running slightly ahead of her to get because you want to get to the base before she be set when she gets there, right? To see the play, and you should be able to get there because of that smaller distance. Don't oh, don't overthink it, right? You're running a smaller, smaller base path than she is. Yep. To let it happen. Yep, for sure. Okay, one more time on the bold thing. Know where the ball is at all times. No live ball play can be made on a batter, batter runner, or runner without the ball. So knowing where the ball is helps you because of no live play without the ball. It also helps you to avoid getting hit in the ear. So yes. You want to know where the ball is. You want to understand where the play is going to be going so that you can be out of the way. You do not want them trying to throw the ball through you because that that hurts. Yep. That can be true on the play itself, and it can be true on a back pick or something like that. So your play is at second, but the runner at first, say it's first and second, you know, runner's on first, ball goes. You're following the runner to second because you think there might be something happening there. They go. She's safe. Runner at first rounds. They might, boom, throw it back. You're in the way. Bango. Right? Know what's going on. Ouch. Yeah, we don't want to do that. All right. So that is uh, the beginnings of the base mechanics. Base Empire A. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Talk to you next time.